Good morning, everyone. Good morning. <laughs> Welcome to our All Age Life Church service. My name is Ray. And my name is Noah. Today is a bit different from usual, though, as we are all in the same service. From people as my parents, <laughs> to tiny little babies and everyone else in between. And we're going to be looking at something diff- important to everyone, no matter what your age, the Bible. It will be slightly shorter service than usual because there's no kids or youth work, but we'll still have time to sing and worship God at the start of the service, time to read and reflect on the Bible, and time to pray together. And we also have a head-to-head battle quiz that we will do later on. Now it's time for a competition of the morning. Who has the biggest Bible? So this side, this I think side. we have Alex. That's quite big. As, a, yeah. as the biggest one. Do you want to come that, up? Yeah, that is, that is a good Bible, Alex. And from that side... There we go. Here we go, Alec. I'm here for this side. Biggest Bible. And um, who do we have over here? What's your name? Monica. 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 So, we can all get a good look at Monica's and Alex's Bible. If you think Alex has the biggest Bible, give a cheer. <laughs> and if you think Monica has the biggest Bible... Give it cheer. Okay, so this is hard. So it's a tough decision. They both are quite big, but I think I'm gonna have to give it to Monica. So Yay. well done to Monica. Well done. Well done, Alex. As a very good second place. Woo! There are a few things different about this morning, but one thing that is the same is we come to worship Jesus, the one who reigns above it all. And so all that we're going to do this morning is going to lead us to seeing how wonderful Jesus is. Well, good morning, everyone. My name is Luke. I'm one of the elders of the church. And as you know, this is an all age service. So it's going to look a little bit different. And speaking of looking a little bit different, I loved seeing the different Bibles in the room because they all look a little bit different, don't they? Every Bible has a slightly different cover. You might have your favourite one. You might have uh, ones you're jealous of when you see them in a church. You say, oh, that's such a lovely Bible. I'd love to have a Bible like that. But we have lots of different Bibles, don't we? We have big Bibles. We have small Bibles. And we have ones in the middle. We have Bibles with maps, can you see that? And we have Bibles where you can scribble. We have Bibles with one bookmark and even with two. (laughs) We have pink Bibles and purple Bibles. So many to choose. So we have so many different Bibles on the cover. And yet the Bible is important, not because of what is on the cover, but because of what is inside. And this morning, what we're going to look at is that the Bible is very important because the Bible is the Word of God. Have you ever heard that, the phrase? The Bible is the Word of God. This giant thing here is not a Bible. You're right. It's full of um, old VHS tapes that Joe from Glow made up. But, But whether your Bible is this big, as big as Monica's, or as small as this little one I have here. What's inside is important. And we call that the Word of God. Now, has anybody heard of uh, the Oxford English Dictionary's Word of the Year? 
Have you ever seen that? It's often in the news each year. Does anybody know what the word of the year was this year just gone, 2023? Who knows? Woke, no, not woke, good guess. Shout out some others. Any guesses? Artificial intelligence, great words, but no. Any? Riz. Okay, someone knew. The word of the year was Riz. Now, I've never heard of this until a week ago where Joe, who can't be here this morning, uh, who uh, does a lot of the kids' work, as you'll know, many of you will know, he said to me, Luke, you've never heard of Riz. How old are you? <laughs> and so if you've never heard of Riz, I'm with you. Apparently, who, who knows what Riz means? I think, Carol, you shout it out the back. Do you know what Riz means? Who shouts it out? Okay, very good. Pete, you are so cool and in the know. (laughs) Apparently, riz comes from the word charisma and, uh, uh, and means, this is what the Oxford English Dictionary says, style, charm or attractiveness. Now, you might be asking the question, is that really a word of the year or an abbreviation of the year? But I'll leave that debate till after the service. The Bible is known as the Word of God. But does that mean that the Bible is just God's favourite word? I wonder what that would be. Maybe grace, maybe faith. But no, that's not what the Bible is. Because the word of God means the things that God wants to tell us. It's the things he wants to say to us, his people. That's what the word of God means. Now, God loves to speak to us in lots of different ways, doesn't he? There's lots of wonderful different ways that God speaks to us. This week, Beth and I are going to the coast and we're going to walk along the beach. And some of you might feel that as the waves crash on the shore, you think, wow, God is so powerful and so amazing. You you look at the natural world and you hear God speaking. That's God speaking, isn't it? Or maybe you're in a small group in the middle of the week, your life group. Maybe you hear a church on a Sunday and someone comes and shares a, a, a picture that they feel God has given them in their mind or maybe a scripture. Uh, and we feel, wow, I think God is speaking to us. It's what we call prophetic words. God speaks, that's God speaking too. Or maybe, this is a really common one that we like to ignore it. Maybe um, God also speaks through good and godly wise people around us. Maybe your parents, dare I say it. Maybe your youth leader, maybe a good friend. Maybe even once in a while your church leader, but I'll leave that up to you. But God speaks to us in many different ways, doesn't he? And yet we call the Bible, I can, I can pick up, I've got 10 here, these are all mine. <laughs> yeah, we call the Bible, I'll pick up Esther's. We call the Bible, the word of God. Because there's something particularly special about the Bible. Because in the Bible, written down over actually thousands of years, many hundreds of years, we have the things that God is saying to us and he wants us to know. And so the beautiful sunset that you see that God speaks to you, that's wonderful if it lines up with scripture. The prophetic words, the the picture someone feels that God is sharing to them in prayer, that's wonderful if it lines up with scripture. The advice that your friend gives you, that's wonderful if it lines up with scripture. The Bible is the word of God that we hold as uh, as God's speaking to us. And so the Bible is super, super important. Now, here's a big question. Who wrote the Bible? Shout out. Very good. God, I don't know who shouted then. Josh, brilliant. God, any other answers? Because it's not as simple as that. Who else? 
Who wants to write out something? Yes. Brilliant. Lots of people wrote it. So we just had two answers which sound completely opposite, don't we? But I think they're both true. God wrote the Bible and lots of people wrote it. Now you might be scratching your head and saying, Luke, you've gone crazy. What are you talking about? How can God write the Bible and lots of people? Is it either God's word or lots of people's word? But it's a good question because the Bible is not just one book. It's made up of 66 shorter books written across a number of hundred years, over a thousand years actually, number of hundreds of years, written by many different people, written in different styles. There's poetry, there's family history, there's legal documents, there's uh, writings about how to do health and safety on your roof. There's narrative uh, stories, true stories. All of those things are genuinely in the Bible. So the next time you do a DIY project, you know which book to pick up. And so how can a book, which is written by so many different people, how can that be God's word? Surely that's people's words. Well, Linda's going to read us a passage that's going to help us understand it. So if you have a Bible, which I'd encourage you, bring along a Bible to church. If you don't have one, come find me. I'd love to give you a Bible. Um, If you're a, a, a little person, or or even a teenager, which is both little and big at the same time. Um, I would love to, uh, as a church, we'd love to find you and buy you a Bible, a good one that suits you. But we would love to give you a Bible. So I'd encourage you, bring a Bible if you don't have one to Sundays when we look together. But Linda's going to read us a really important passage from a bit of the Bible written to a young man called Timothy. So this is from 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realise what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us what to do, us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Linda. So how does that passage help us understand how the Bible is both God's words and written by lots of people. Okay, I've got something I need you to do. On the count of three, we're all gonna breathe in a big breath, okay? You ready? One, two, three. I think you need to see a doctor. That is strange breathing, Carter. Okay. The Bible is inspired. Oh yeah, you're allowed to breathe out. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And the whole church passed away that morning in humble obedience to their leader. Um, The passage we just read, Paul, there's an old Christian leader called Paul writing to a young Christian leader called Timothy. And he says to him, all of the Bible is inspired by God. All of scripture, all of the Bible, that's what he's saying. All of it is inspired by God. Now, how does that help us understand this conundrum? Well, what does inspired mean? What does inspire me? Well, in everyday use, we might think of an artist being inspired, mightn't we? You might be an artist and you might go to a, a field of poppies and see their colour and you're captured by it and, you, and you, want to, you want to paint it immediately, get out your watercolours. Or you might think of a musician seeing a, a great piece of architecture and being inspired by something, maybe a thousand years old, and they're inspired by it. And we might sometimes think of inspiration like that. And so maybe the Bible is a bit like 
these many different people who wrote it, they're all inspired by God. And so they all saw God, saw what he did, saw what he was like, and they wrote their opinion of him. They wrote the things they thought about him. Now, there's something good about that, but I don't think that's the whole picture. Because yes, there's lots of different people writing about God, but the Bible isn't just different people's opinions about God. No, because then it's just a human word. It's not God's word. It's not divine. Okay, well, if that's not quite right, then what is? I'm going to need your help again. We're going to do one more big breath. But as a caveat, you're allowed to breathe out at the end of it, okay? Do you all understand that? Yeah? You have permission to Okay, one, two, three. Did I see you all breathing? <laughs> I breathe out. Do you know that the word inspired actually has a second meaning? What else does inspired mean? Who knows? Someone shout out. Come on, I'm trying to encourage heckling during the sermons. This is good, guys. To breathe in. To breathe in. That's right. And that is actually a better understanding of what the word means here. Some of your other Bibles will say the Bible is breathed out by God. And so when we understand that God inspired the Bible, as in he breathed it out, so the Bible breathed it in, we understand it's a little bit different to just an artist being inspired by a field of poppies. The Bible's a bit more like this. God had relationship with his people. He loved his people. He knew them. They walked with him and they listened to him. And the people who wrote the Bible knew God so well. And so over many hundreds of years, the Holy Spirit, God's Holy Spirit, would speak to these different people who wrote the Bible, what we sometimes call the apostles and prophets, spoke to them. And they didn't just write down their opinion. They wrote the things that God was teaching them, the things that God was saying to them by his Holy Spirit. Now, I don't mean that God came down and zapped these people into robots and said, right, dear Corinthian church, you must stop being naughty, and then unzapped them. No, 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 that's not the Bible at all. But the Bible is like an apprentice in a workshop walking with his master. And over many decades of hearing him teach, hearing him speak to him, teaching him the craft, the apprentice is able to put together the things that the master is saying, this is what I want you to do today. This is what I want you to make for the people. It is a relational thing where you can both say very truly, God gave us the Bible because it was breathed out by the Holy Spirit. And it was written by many different people. Both are true. And so we're left with this. The Bible's really important. Because if the Bible is something that God gave us himself, breathed out on us that he wants us to keep and use because he gave it to us, then it must be important. So whether you're seven or whether you're 77, can I encourage you to engage with the Bible? Now, you might be saying to me something like, oh, Luke, that's easy to say, but it's so big, especially the really big ones. It's so complicated. I don't know where to start. Well, that's a great question. So should we ask a few friends to see if they can help us to answer the question, how do we read the Bible? Does that sound okay? I said, does that sound okay? Very good. Let's watch a few of our friends tell us how they read the Bible. Um, um, uh, um. When do we read our Bible? Every day is different at the moment. At bedtime, I have a bedtime story and I get a bonus one if I have a Bible story. Day. When we go to bed. 
Usually in regular wakeful periods at night time. Sometimes I've been doing my daily reading at 3am in the morning or when I'm breastfeeding this little guy. I tend to read my Bible in the morning before I start my day. I've got my Bible. Are you reading your Bible? I use the Bible app. I do have some devotional plan I follow. And I do devotionals in Spanish. I've been using um, these. I've been reading the Bible using the Holy Bible app. The Bible on one side and space on the other, I find that's really, really helpful. It reminds me of simple verses that I can remember and use throughout the day. So you see, if you're feeling, I don't know how to read the Bible, there are lots of great ways that we can engage with this very important book that God gave us. But can I give you four top tips before we have a competition? And just to whet your appetite, I do have a large box of celebrations for the winner of the competition, okay? So that will help you listen up for the next four top tips. So how do we read our Bible? Top tip number one, have a Bible you can understand. That sounds simple, but actually the Bible was written over 2000 years ago and none of it was originally written in English. And so all that we read are translations. Now, as English speakers, we are very, very spoiled, okay? We're privileged because we have so many good English translations. And so there's lots of good ones. If you have um, an older one like King James or New King James, they're good, but they are quite old. They're quite hard to understand. And there's a few other reasons why they're not my favourite, but there's some really good ones that are modern kind of derivations of that modern Bible. So if you're adults, I love something like the New International Version. That's something I read lots. Um, something like the ESV I often preach from. The NIV is a little bit more understandable to kind of read through. The ESV is a little bit, trying to be a bit more literal to the language, original language underneath, but both are great. Another Bible I absolutely love, this is Esther's Bible. Um, she's, you know, she's only just started reading it, so um, she's got a little way to go at seven months. But we read it together, don't we, Yeti? Um, this is the New Living Translation. So for kids, I think this is a great Bible. It's quite, um, it's quite flowing. It's quite easy to read, but I love reading it too, actually. So grown-ups, I'd also recommend it, if, especially if you want to kind of read a chunk of the Bible. The New Living Translation is a great, and there's others too, but they tend to be the ones I find really, really helpful. So make sure you have a Bible which doesn't make it harder for you to read it, but actually is accurate, but makes it helpful, makes it easier. Top tip number two, are you ready? Read it with other people. It's not more holy to read it by yourself. We sometimes think that, don't we? The holiest thing is to be quiet and read the Bible by ourselves. But for hundreds of years, the church has read the Bible together. So maybe you want to read the Bible around the dinner table with your parents. Maybe you want to grab the Bible with a friend in a coffee shop. Maybe your life group is a great place to talk about what was said in the Bible passage on Sunday. Maybe you read the Bible on your own but you're messaging your friends who are reading the same thing in the same week so you can talk about it together. Help one another. Read the Bible with other people. I love reading the Bible myself. I read the Bible. I try and read the Bible every single day. I love that. But some of the most special times of reading the Bible is when I do it with other people in my church family. Third top tip. Are you ready? This is a good one. Actually read the Bible. Now, why do I say that? I won't make you put your hands up, but isn't it easier to watch a YouTube video about the Bible than read the Bible? Or to read a devotional about the Bible when there's maybe one verse at the beginning? Or maybe reread storybook Bibles, which actually for kids, they're brilliant. They're really brilliant, but they're not the Bible. 
So we also want to read the little bits in the storybook Bible says, this passage is from dot, dot, dot. And you think, oh, maybe as I get older, why don't I read that as well? And the storybook Bible can help me understand it. And so that's, all of us can find that tricky, can't we? It can be easier to go to something about the Bible than the, oh, I listened to a sermon on Sunday. I listened to a podcast. But no, let me encourage you. The word of God is good. Our passage says, it's breathed out by God and it's useful for teaching, correcting, rebuking and training in righteousness. That's the translation I use at least. That's, that's really helpful, okay? And so let's actually read the Bible. If you find actually reading hard, there are great audio Bibles, yeah? So there's not like a special thing about um, having to be able to read yourself. For much of church history, lots of the church was illiterate. And so if you have a great, you can get free ones these days, you can get free on some Bible apps, listen along to the Bible. That's a brilliant thing to do as well. Fourth tip and final one, are you ready? Enjoy it. Enjoy reading the Bible. How easy is it to feel guilty when one of the elders is having a talk about reading the Bible and you think, I never read the Bible, I just feel guilty. But we're not meant to feel guilty, we're meant to remember we're missing out. There's a difference. God loves to speak to us. Reading the Bible is spending time with God and he wants to spend time with you. And so enjoy it. Find time where you can concentrate. It's not like having to find time to do your homework. It's like finding time to go to a friend's house and hang out. That's what reading the Bible should be like. Okay, so there are top tips. Have a Bible you can understand. Read it with other people. Actually read the Bible and enjoy it. But now, before we do one more bit about how the Bible points us to Jesus, we're going to have a competition. Are you ready for a competition? You have come to church this morning ready to receive refreshment in the Word of God. But were you ready to get your adrenaline levels through the roof and win some chocolate? Some of you were because you're always ready to win. So I need need, uh, a few different people. I need two volunteers from each side. But let me say, you probably have to be quite good at puns. So if you like a pun, you'll be good at this game. Okay? So can I have two volunteers from this side? Put your hand up if you want to volunteer. I need two from this side. Give me a wave. You don't need to tell jokes, but it, 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 you'll see what I mean in a second. It's not telling jokes. Um, who's going to volunteer? Pete, you are being volunteered. Come on, Pete. Who else? Yeah, Devon, do you want to come? Okay, Pete and Devon on one side. Who on this side? Let me just see a second person. Okay, Paul and Josiah? Yeah? Okay, you, I saw both of your hands first. Okay. Does any, can anybody keep school for me? Who wants to come and be my schoolkeeper? Um, so maybe, I'm probably looking for an adult in this job. <laughs> um, so uh, Paul and Josiah, please sit on these two seats. Um, Pete, uh, Devin, where you gone? Yeah, come sit on these two seats. Um, greet, you can greet your teammates. Um, the, the, who's very good at counting? So, Sebastian, are you good at counting? Okay, you can be my schoolkeeper. Okay. Okay, so we're going to get to know the teams quickly. Okay, that's really important. So uh, here on the right side, uh, firstly, we have uh, Josiah. Josiah, hello. Hello. Um, What's your favourite pun? Uh, Do you have a favourite pun? No. Really? I thought everyone had a favourite pun. Okay. Um, 
if you had to pick a colour to repaint your bedroom, what colour would it be? Red. Red, great choice. Okay, this is Josiah. Um, now, also on your team, we have Paul. Paul, what is your favourite pun? <laughs> we don't have all day, Paul. On, on the spot. Um, what sound does a piano make when it falls down a mine? A flat minor. <laughs> Where's <laughs> Tony, we need to... Zoom. Okay, um, shall we welcome team Luke's right side? Okay, on my left, we have Devon. Do you have a favourite pun? Yes. What is your favourite pun? My favourite pun is, why do skeletons not like going in the heights? Why don't skeletons like going in heights? Yeah. Why not? Because the, the wind goes right through them. Because the wind goes right through them. Very good. Very, very good. Very good. Um, Pete. Hello. Do you have a favourite pun? I have a few. <laughs> but I'll keep it to one. Can you give us your favourite, one favourite pun? Should you take gambling advice from a lettuce or is that simply the tip of the iceberg? <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, it's not even Christmas, is it? Wow. Brilliant. Okay, the one other thing I need before Sebastian's going to... I'm going to explain the rules in a second. Um, I need a team buzzer. So, um, team Paul and Josiah, what's your team buzzer? You need to make a sound, distinctive sound. A quack, a, a buzz, a... Oink. <laughs> oink. Okay, let's, let's hear the oink. Oink. <laughs> okay, very good. And team, uh, Devon and Pete, what is your... Let's hear the loud buzz then, Devin. Buzz. Very good. Okay, oink and buzz. That's good. Now I know who's on whose team. Otherwise, we can't correctly count points, can we, Sebastian? Okay, these are the rules. The quiz is simple. I am going to give each team, one at a time, a word, and you have to tell me. I should have told them the rules before they volunteered, shouldn't I? That's a bit mean. You're going to have to dance on the spot. No, not really. Um, <laughs> I'm going to give you a word, and you're going to have to tell me two meanings of that word. So every word I give you has multiple meanings and you have to tell me two meanings of that word. So all the words I give you have at least two meanings. Now, after you've done the two meanings, if I think there are more meanings, I'll let both teams buzz for extra points, okay? If a team can't get both meanings or at least two meanings, then it will be handed over to be stolen by the other team. And the winner will share together this fantastic prize. Oh, wait. What? Which way round is it? The words are different ways. This fantastic prize of a box of celebrations. But I will probably just check with your parents before people under 18 have them. Okay. <laughs> Contestants, are you ready? Yes? Oink. Oink, okay. I will start with the team on my right with the first word. Can you give me at least two definitions Come, come here, Sebastian, so you can see with me. Um, can you give me two definitions of the word fair? Like... Wait, wait, let go. I'm going to have to hurry you. Yes, something that's right. Something that's right, like, right, okay, just, yeah, I'll give you that one. Something that's light-coloured. Light-coloured, okay, one point. So there, but I have at least two other definitions. So you have to use your buzzers now. Who wants extra points? Buzz in for an extra definition. Buzz. Okay, Devon. An extra definition is sharing out things. 
What things? Sharing out a bunch of things. Like, would, how would you use it in a sentence? Um, if someone had a chocolate, cutting it in half to give it to your friend. Oh, so that's fair. Yeah. I think I'm going to say that's the same definition of that oh. because I'm feeling particularly mean, Devon. But that's a good one. Any others? I'll give you one more chance to buzz in. Buzz. Okay. Uh, a fair ground, as in a fair ground. A fair ground like a carnival. Very good. You could have also said good weather. I would have accepted that. Okay. This is... Uh, no, too late. Going on oh, the bus. Uh, Paying to ride on a bus. Paying to ride on the bus. Fine, I'll give you that too. Very good. Uh, <laughs> we're making up the rules. Okay, how many points do they both have? One and two. Um, can I just say, it was the last... Wait, wait. Order, order. Who shouted heresy? No. Can I say it was a last minute decision to put the words up on the screens? And so for you guys, you're saying that's not how it's spelt. Uh, but these are just these teams are just hearing what I say, so they can use ambiguous spellings. And also, what did you have an issue with? Fair can be F A I R. So, so I'm not going to have any of that. This is <laughs> this is the Lukeford English Dictionary. I decide. Okay, so we got one genuine point and two bonus points. Okay, are you counting? Sebastian's on it. Okay, we're going to move over to the team on my left, Devon and Peter, Mr. Pete. Saw two definitions. Saw. First one? Cutting something. Okay, like yeah, like a saw, yeah, I'll give you that. Very good. Something that aches. Very good, okay, that is spelled differently. Don't complain, <laughs> don't complain, but I've given that, okay? Okay, so now buzz in for extra. Oink. Okay? Like if you see something. Very good, okay. Very good. So what are the points now? Uh, three, two. Three, two, okay. We're going back to the team on my right. Found. Like, if you're looking for something... Okay, if you're looking for something and find it, very good, that's one. When you originate something, so when you start something. Very good, okay, when something is founded, established. Very good, point to this team. Okay, to the left. Bark. Buzz. Oh, okay, okay I'll give... Uh, Making something like ironwork, a foundry. The person there is founding it. But can you... Is, can you use that as a just found? How would you use it in... Wait, please, please. <laughs> please. How would you use it in a sentence, Pete? Let's, leave, let's give the man a chance. Use I'm it in a sentence. I'm going to found an axe. We're going to give him the point. Okay. <laughs> okay. We're going to the left. Bark. We're going to the left. Bark. I'm going to give you five seconds. Four. A, a sound a dog makes. Sound a dog makes in a second definition? The outside of a tree. Okay, I'm giving that to you. Okay, on the right. Second. A measurement of time. A measurement of time. Second. Second. Oh, um, um, after first. Very good, not first place. Buzz. Okay, bonus points. Okay. Nominate somebody. To nominate somebody. Okay, like in a meeting, I'll give you that. Okay, second. Any other buzz? Or oink? Um. Oink, second. Yes. Oh, yes. kind of foreign pronunciation <laughs> down here, mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, don't give him double. Don't listen Bring to the audience. The They're chaotic. <laughs> Never listen to the crowd, Sebastian. That's a life lesson. Um, <laughs> 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 
wait a second, but, but now suddenly we're moving out. It's someone who knows good English um, grammar, where's teachers? They're, we're then moving out of what is things that sound the same. Okay, I won't call on anyone. Okay, I'm not going to give that because that sounds... I have one other definition here for second. If you pluralise it, which I, I think it still counts. Going back for something like second, second helping. Yeah, there you go, there you go. Yeah, but I gave you the point, Tim. Don't worry about it. Okay. You're not getting any of the chocolates anyway. They're going to share them out between themselves. Okay. We've got two more. No, three more. Goodness, this is taking longer than I thought. Okay. Team on the left. Mine. Five. Four. Belongs to you. Very good. Two. Digging something up from underground. Very good. Okay, Tim on the right. Season. <coughs> um, like spring. Very good. Yeah, another definition. Um, salt and pepper. Very good. Buzz. Okay. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I don't have another down, Devon, but I love the audacity. Minecart. What mine? Minecart. Like how? Use that in a sentence. Okay. Someone was going down into the mines with a minecart. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. We moved on. We've on season. Oh, that was very good. That was for the one before. That was very good. I thought it said Minecraft for a second. I thought you were going to video game me and I was going to get confused. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, that was very good. Sorry, we missed out on that one. Okay, um, final one on the left. Club. Five. Football club. Okay, yeah. Okay, so I'll, I'll, a club or a society, I'll give that. Like a, a wooden, large wooden hammer. Okay, so like an instrument to hit something with. Okay, three others I've got. A chocolate biscuit, Buzz. I'm not giving that, or Buzz? Buzz, a chocolate biscuit. A chocolate biscuit, this is what Beth said to me. I didn't write that down, but yes, you get a point. Okay, I still have three others. Um, Oink. Yeah. Uh, to, to actually hit something with it, so to club something. I haven't distinguished between nouns and verbs so far. I've presumed that if... <laughs> Buzz. Because we could have done that for mine, we could have done that for, for oh, found. We, um, so, yes, Devon? Um, a nightclub. A nightclub, very good. Point to Devon. One, I've got one more. I've got one more. Buzz. Yeah. To join in with something financially, to club together. I'll give you that. I, wasn't, I didn't have that down, but that's a good one, isn't it? Buzz. A golf, a golf club. Yes, we said a blunt instrument as a tool. Okay, a, a sporting thing, golf club. Yeah, one more. That's good. That's good. Okay, we're opening it up to the audience. Who's got a final one? Tola. What's that mean? What's that mean? Oh, club feet. Oh, club feet. I thought, yeah, I thought you said club fit, like ready for the club. I don't know what that is. <laughs> Yes, that's what I was thinking of, Sophia. Yeah, the cards. Oh. You have the suits of clubs. Okay, you have one point. <laughs> okay, that is the game over. We have our scorekeeper. How many? How many? Okay. And the winner is left or right. <laughs> left or right? Left. The team on the left. Do you want to present them with the prize? Round of applause. Come on, this is a church. We've got to encourage. 
Okay, thank you. Thank you, my scorekeeper, Sebastian. Thank you, Josiah, Paul, commiserations. Um, great work. Thank you, everyone. Wow, there you go. Did you feel the adrenaline? Um, woo. Very, very exciting. Okay, we are going to do one more thing as we think about the Bible. We're going to think about why we read the Bible. And so before I share my last little bit, we're going to watch one more video from our esteemed experts on why they read the Bible. It's God's word and it teaches me. Because he'd instruct me, he'd um, disciple me. Because we liked reading the Bible. We are actually commanded to read the Bible. It helps me to focus my prayers and encourages me to listen. Different challenges in life, we all face challenges. When life is crazy, reading the Bible helps me put everything back into perspective and put my focus back onto God. Your word is a lamp onto my feet and a light onto my path. Well, Jesus loves you, that's right. He gives me wisdom, peace, hope. I also read the Bible to find out more about God and just learn more about Him every day. And it's fun and exciting and it's good to listen to God. The list is endless. Why don't we give a round of applause for everyone who took part in that video? So, we've already seen that the Bible is the word of God. And so just to end our little reflection on the Bible before we respond, which Susanna's going to walk us through in a second, and then we're going to take communion. Just to end, we're going to think about why we read the Bible. And we have uh, one more reading that Chloe and Martha are going to read for us before we look at that. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God and the Word was God. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. Thank you, Chloe and Martha. Um, so the Bible is the word of God. But wait a second. That Bible passage just said that Jesus is the word of God. We just read a Bible passage right at the beginning of John's gospel, his account of Jesus' life. And John starts by saying, in the beginning was the Word, and he means Jesus. And so the Word of God is also a special title, a special name that is used in the Bible to talk about Jesus. Now, why is that? Why is that? Well, think about it a bit like this. I'm going to transport you to another place now, okay? A few years ago, Beth and I went to a beach on Crete. It's a lovely Greek island and we went to a beach called Kissimmee. We went in the late summer and we walked on the sand. It didn't burn our feet, but it was lovely and warm between our toes. The, the sea was lapping against the shore. When we got too hot, we had a very... Do you, do you know the best way to drink fizzy drink is out of a glass bottle, isn't it? Don't you think that's just the best? When it's so hot, you know, oh, we had these lovely uh, drinks. And then when it was really too hot, you just go swim in the sea to cool down. And then you come and warm back up after. It was the perfect day. And if I could describe that to you really, really well, some of you might say, oh, Luke, it was as if I was almost there. It was as if I was almost there at the beach. Well, I wonder, maybe if I could describe to you that beach so perfectly, if I could describe it to you so perfectly, do you think I could transport you, actually transport you to that beach? Do you think that's possible? I could take you there. No, because human words are limited. But when Jesus is called the Word of God, 
That means he shows us what God is like. He communicates to us exactly what his heavenly father is like. He does the things that father, his father God does in heaven. He speaks the words that the father would speak. We look at Jesus and we say, oh, it's as if I'm looking at God himself. And so Jesus is called the word of God because he's the perfect communication. He perfectly communicates who God is. But the amazing thing about Jesus is not like we're looking at God. We are looking at God. Jesus is so perfect, the communication of who God is, that he is God himself. More than just any human words could transport you to another beach. The word of God is God himself. That's why John says he is the word. And amazingly, the second verse that Chloe and Martha read to us said the word became human. So we can see God. So my friends, if you want to know what God is like, maybe you're, you're young, maybe you're at primary school and you think, what's God like? I'd love to know. Come get to know Jesus and you'll see what God is like because he's the word of God, the perfect communication. If you're exploring for yourself, I don't really know what these Christians believe. I wonder, and you want to know what, what is the God? Who is the God they believe in? Come to know Jesus. He is the one who shows us what God is like because he is God himself. Come to us, the word of God made flesh. And so you see, this is how we'll end the little bit of teaching. The Bible is the word of God because it points us to the true word of God. We don't actually read the Bible primarily for DIY advice. Though if you want to know how to measure your parapets, it's in there. We don't primarily even read it for life advice. This is not a self-help book. The Bible points us to Jesus. That's why we read it. The Bible points us to Jesus and Jesus said, come look at the Bible because all of it points to me. That's why we as followers of Jesus take the Bible very, very seriously. And so the Bible is the word of God, but Jesus is the word of God, the very word of God. A little bit mind bending, isn't it? Uh, any of you feel your mind has been blown? No? Oh, well, maybe, maybe I should try harder next time to blow your mind. But if you read John 1, my mind blows. Wow, Jesus is the word of God. So what we're gonna do now is we're going to respond to that truth. We're gonna think about how important the Bible is. And Susanna is going to very kindly help us think about that. Thanks, Susanna. Um, I'm just gonna help lead us through a response um, to how we've been inspired both by and to read the Bible this morning. I'm really conscious that that will look um, really different for all of us, um, whether you're a really young person, or whether you're a bit older, you might be in a, a really noisy family situation, or you might be on your own. But for all of us, however old we are, and whatever life stage or situation we're in, reading the Bible is to help us get to know and love God more, and to point us towards Jesus, who he is, and what he has done for us. So all of us, when we're reading or listening to the Bible, we can be asking, what does this tell me about Jesus? All through the Bible, we are given a glimpse into the bigger story of who Jesus is and the part that we play in that story. Um, one of our favourite books to read as a family is this one. Excuse me. Is this one, which is the Jesus Storybook Bible. It is essentially a storybook of the main Bible stories, you know, the big hitters, the, big, the ones that you feel like you've, you've learned at, sun, at Sunday school. Um, However, 
um, it's obviously not actual an actual Bible, but it is a tool that we use um, often with our kids to help them learn more about Jesus. Um, at the end of each story, the writer points us towards Jesus and what he will ultimately do. Um, I'm going to read you two short paragraphs from the Old Testament stories, and I'd like you to try and work out, this is for all of you, which um, Old Testament Bible story they're from. So, this is the first one. You're going to need to listen carefully. And there in the clouds, just where the storm meets the sun, was a beautiful bow made of light. It was a new beginning in God's world. It wasn't long before everything went wrong again, but God wasn't surprised. He knew this would happen. That's why, before the beginning of time, he had another plan, a better plan. A plan not to destroy the world, but to rescue it. A plan to one day send his own son, the rescuer. God's strong anger against hate and sadness and death would come down again once more, but not on his people or his world. No, God's war bow was not pointing down at his people. It was pointing up into the heart of heaven. So quickly talk to the person next to you. Which story do you think that's from? Okay, any, any suggestions? Just shout them out. Noah's Ark. Yeah, well done. That one was Noah's Ark. Now, here is another one. I'm going to be careful with this one, not to say the names or the places at the end. So, the people listened to him and they started loving God. They learned to do what God said and to stop running away from him, just like he had. Many years later, God was going to send another messenger with the same wonderful message. Like him, the man, he would spend three days in utter darkness. But this messenger would be God's own son. He would be called the Word, we've heard that this morning, because he himself would be God's message. God's message translated into our own language. Everything God wanted to say to the whole world in a person. Okay, quickly, have a think. Which, which Bible story was that from? Shout it out. Jonah, yeah, that was Jonah, well done. Now, obviously, um, this writer is amazing and very beautifully paints this picture of the big story. But this has been done by asking, what does this tell me about Jesus? Can I encourage you to look for these opportunities when you're reading or listening to the Bible? This can then help us to know God more and to draw closer to him as it leads us to a place of thanksgiving. Before we thank God together for his word, I'm just going to give us all a moment to think through what we've heard this morning and to reflect on how we're getting on with reading the Bible. This is going to look so different for us all. Some of you will have had a really consistent half hour every day with God in the morning, in his word, for many years. Others may be looking to, for ways to help our kids engage a little bit more with the Bible. Some, some of the rest of us might struggle with finding the time to really get into God's word and ask ourselves what God is wanting to say to us. But for all of us, there is always more to learn and know about him, even when we might feel like we've got it sorted. It may be that one of Luke's top tips for reading stood out to you and there's something there that you could move forward with. Let's just all take a moment and consider one step we could take to move forwards with our Bible reading. Now let's just pray together. Thank you, Jesus, for the Bible. Thank you that it is the word of God. Thank you that we can draw closer to Jesus and get to know him more by reading these words. Help us to know you more as we read your word. 
Help us to grow as a church family as each of us take these steps that we've just been thinking about. Thank you that this amazing book allows us to see who you are and what you've done for us. Amen. Thank you, Susanna. So we're going to end this morning uh, by taking communion together. That's the last thing we're going to do. Um, Gaz, if you wouldn't mind just um, playing maybe in the background just to help us. So um, here we go. Um, I know when we're in this room, um, we we have these little uh, pots to help us. Um, This is a special meal. Communion is a special meal that Jesus gave his followers to take. That's what he said to his disciples who were sitting around the table. He said, do this in remembrance of me. And so this is for everyone who believes and follows Jesus. This is a meal that you can come and take part in. Parents with kids here this morning, um, really help your kids engage with this. If they believe and follow Jesus for themselves, then help encourage them to come and take part, to know what it's about. Uh, If they're still exploring, then this is a great opportunity to explain to them why we take communion and to pray with them about it. And if you're here and you yourself are working out, what do I think about this Jesus fellow? I don't really call myself a Christian. Well, this is a special meal who gave us to remember that he died for us. And he said, do this until I come again. And so if you want to find out about what we believe as followers of Jesus, uh, maybe you came with someone who is a Christian, talk to them about it. Maybe uh, you didn't or you want to chat to someone else, come find me. I'd love to chat to you about it, chat to you about why we take communion or why we do any of the things we do. And we'd love to tell you more about how wonderful Jesus is. So Jesus said this, as we take communion together, Jesus said this, and then I'm going to give you two minutes all together. Maybe if you're um, with family, you can chat and pray together as a family. But Jesus uh, taught us this. On the night when Jesus was betrayed, he took some bread, as they would always eat in the Middle East. He would take some bread and he gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and he told his disciples in front of him, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this, break it and eat it. In remembrance of me, Jesus said. In the same way, at the end of their meal, he took a cup of wine, as they would always drink in that culture in the Middle East at that time. He took a cup of wine. And he said, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people. It's a promise that God is making with you now. And that promise is made in my blood, Jesus said. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. And so we come now to take the bread, which points us to his body and the wine which points us to the blood he spilt for us and we worship Jesus so let's just take two minutes now if you came with someone you can pray with them or talk to them about it Um, but let's do that together if you're sitting by yourself I really encourage you turn to the person next to you maybe chat to them about it maybe pray with them about it and then I'll bring us together and we'll finish our time of worship well we're coming towards right to the end of the service and thank you so much everyone who took part Thank you, everyone who did the video, the band, people who played in the competition, people who um, always, every week, set up behind the scenes who do tech and visuals. But just before we end, um, Noah and Ray, our wonderful welcomers, are going to um, say goodbye to us. Thank you, everyone, for coming today to our all-age service. We really hope that you've enjoyed being here together and that God has spoken to you this morning. But do stick around because there will be tea, coffee, squash and biscuits and all those other fun things. But thank you for coming, everyone, and have a good week. Thank you. Thank you.